Your intro, the music makes me happy. I get super excited. Like, what are they going to talk about? I'm such like a fangirl of the show. I'm surprised you even let me on. Podcast Junkies, episode 127. Welcome back. My name is Harry Durant, host of this show. New episodes every Tuesday. That's what it looks like. The new schedules every Tuesday. Not to say that it can't change, but for now, that's what it is. Tuesday mornings. In case you missed last week's episode, I had an intuitive conversation with the one and only Tina Conroy, who I was introduced to by Katie Kromitsos at PodFest. And I loved what her story was and how she was using something that she learned uh, and was, was to her, it's a, it's a tool and a gift. And she was able to translate that into her podcast and and also demonstrated how she's helping others with that as well to just become more aware and of uh, the choices they make in their lives and how to live a, a life full of gratitude. Really, really enjoyed the energy level on that conversation. Hopefully you can check that out. This week we speak to Ramona Rice. Ramona has been a fan of the show for quite some time and we're really happy to finally have her on. This episode is brought to you by Shore Microphones, historic company, been in business for over 70 years, and uh, you're currently listening to the SM7B, and while the sound is clear, sometimes my words are not. (laughs) I'm also a fan of their Motive line, which I'm testing in the field. You can check out the full line of my setup at podcastjunkies.com slash sure. This episode is also brought to you by Podbean. Did you know Podbean has its own podcast as well? It's called Podcasting Smarter, and it's hosted by the lovely Jennifer Crawford, who I've had the, the honor of meeting at PodFest. Uh, we really hit it off. She also organizes DC PodFest, which is a little-known fact. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Check out both if you get a chance. Uh, Podbean has great packages for new podcasters, and they start as low as $3, and the unlimited plan starts at $9. So if you're just getting started and you're wondering where to host your show, then there's very few places that I'd recommend and Podbean is definitely one of them for folks looking to get started. So listen to the end of the episode. You'll hear the retention hashtag, my way of seeing who's exactly paying attention and listening to these all the way through. Shout outs to folks who've been listening in the past and have done it like uh, Jeanette and uh, Patrick and Denny and some other folks I'm going to get in trouble for not remembering. <laughs> Enjoy this week's conversation. So Ramona, this is long overdue. I'm very excited. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining the podcast Junkies family. I'm thrilled. Like, I feel like this is like it. I don't need to do any interviews anymore. That's not true. Um, But I'll gladly do interviews. But but this was like kind of like on my bucket list after podcast movement 15. I kept seeing all these kids in like these yellow shirts and someone had explained what it was because I was brand new to podcasting. And I was like, that's my goal is to be on that show. And I've done it. (laughs) So yay me. Well, I think what's more important is the fact that we became friends uh, before then. And I think way before then. Yeah. Yeah. And that just leads to a more enriching conversation. I think so, too. I have my best podcasting moments when I'm with a friend like Jonathan Oaks, who's been on your show. Um, I've been on Mark Asquith's show. You know, he and I are obviously super close because I work with him. And um, those are my favorite shows because it's really just friends meeting up. Yes. And those are the best kind. So 
But again, I'll gladly go on almost anybody's show. <laughs> I can't think of a show I'd say no to. Maybe if they were talking about quantum physics or uh, if they made me spell. Um, I'm a terrible speller, actually, if I confess that. I, for what some reason, like, you know, spelling bees as a child used to terrify me because I would close my eyes and I couldn't visualize the word. So those kids, like you see them on ESPN when they're doing the spelling bee, I'm just like, how do they do that? I'm, I'm amazed by them. They, they are amazing and rock stars. And I'm, I could never do that. So what is your, your superpower? I think talking really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think talking really fast. I think um, I always have a comeback. Um, I don't mean to. It just sort of happens. Um, and I think um, right now I'm in super mom mode, I think. And you saw that in um, Florida recently because yeah. we were together and the kids were there. So I was kind of like podcast over here and then mommy over here and everything in between. So those are kind of my superpowers these days. Why is the is the talking fast a defense mechanism? No, I've always just talked really fast. I have a fast talking mom and I just have a lot to say. You know, my mind works in a, you know, I've, I actually have an anxiety disorder and my mind just goes super fast. And sometimes I don't realize how fast I'm talking. Like I understand what I'm saying. Um, but most people hearing me go like, what? Which is ironic because, you know, I'm a professional podcaster. So my job is to communicate, which is better to be slow and, you know, enjoy the pauses. And um, instead, it just comes out <laughs> really fast. And it's just me at this point at 36, almost 37. I'm kind of like, nah, this is who I am. So just hopefully you hear every other word and get the gist. So what you're saying is they they should not be listening to this episode at 2x speed. No one ever needs to listen to me at 2x speed. No, definitely not. You are, no. you operate at 2x. That's a t-shirt already. <laughs> <laughs> that should, yeah. should be um it should be a podcast player like a visual and then with it with the with the lever like um you got to make this this is the the, the 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 podcast player and then that lever where that we can switch it from one x and it says one and a half and then it shows it moved to two x and that's this is me at two x yeah ramona speed <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly one one and a half two and then ramona Maybe I can get Hanny Mora from Simple, you know, for uh, to do that for me. <laughs> Maybe you know that's what happens when you have relationships with podcasters. You know, suddenly you could ask for these favors. We should make this the uh, how many fellow podcasters are we going to name in the course of this episode drinking game? Yes, and I don't mean to, <laughs> but it's just I mean, and it's funny for me because I haven't been podcasting that long, Harry. I mean, it's not been very long at all, and yet I feel like I'm really in in this weird club that some of these kids have been in for like years, and I'm like, I'm brand new, and I'm accidental. I should not be a podcaster at all. So, Why and yet that? I am. Why do you say that? Well, it's funny. The way I discovered podcasting was I was working at a large real estate company here in Virginia. I was their communications manager. So I handled all their press releases and social media and blogging. And I had a budget for conferences every year. And I picked one because it was in Las Vegas and it was in my budget and it was the week of my husband's birthday. And I said, sweet, I'll go to this conference and I will um, bring my husband out and he'll basically get a free vacation. We just pay for the plane ticket and and it'll be fun and it happened to be new media expo the last year they had it and that's where i met mark i met jonathan um who else did i meet down there dave jackson um bunch of bunch of podcasters and just it, it was like my eyes opened up and at the time i had this like really fledgling blog called the sports gal pal that came out of a 
college project and I was talking about it with Mark one night because he asked me why my Twitter handle is at Sports Galpon. I explained it and he goes, oh my God, that would be a perfect podcast. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even listen to podcasts, Harry. Like I, I didn't know what cereal was. I'm like, what? What is this? There's, a, there's. A, I was one of those people. You know, like the tripod people where you're like, here's the app on your phone. They had to show me where the app on the phone was at this conference. I mean, I'm probably, I would be embarrassed now looking at myself going, stop it. And yeah, so I started listening to podcasts, uh, sports podcasts, and I was trying to find sports podcasts that had women. And there was really only one that was independent from like an ESPN or Fox Sports. And there were these women on the West Coast, and they were, you know, it was their first episode in February. And instead of talking about like March Madness or preseason baseball, they were still talking about the Super Bowl. And it frustrated me because I'm going, this is what men think of when they think of women in sports. We only think of the big things instead of, you know, what normal sports fans, typically men, think about. And so the last day of the conference, I was talking to a couple in the lobby of the Westgate Hotel. And I went on this rant and this man suddenly appeared out of nowhere and he introduced himself. I'm Jay Soderberg from blog talk radio and I love you. And I used to be head of podcasting ESPN. I think this would be a great podcast. I want to give you one. So he gave me a podcast and six weeks later I had the sports gal pal. Wow. Yeah. So, and I did fairly well with that podcast until I stopped it. So, you know, yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I, I look back and I'm like, I've never paid for hosting a podcast ever. Uh, <laughs> Cause now, cause I work for podcast websites, you know, all my podcasts are hosted for free as part of my, you know, um, compensation. So I'm like, I've never paid for hosting Harry. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I really don't. That's hilarious that you can say that from day one. Yeah. And I had the mentorship of him. I mean, that was key. Like he helped me with the format of the show. They helped me with some of the technical aspects of it. I mean, I got really lucky. Like it was a learning curve and I think it really shot me. Not that the podcast was really that popular or had that many downloads, but it got me in the eyes of people. I think that was important. And that's how maybe what normally takes maybe a podcast or like four years to do. I've been able to do in almost two, if that makes sense. What were some of the, um, the takeaways from that, that first, the, from sports gal pal in terms of what you thought going in, and maybe like the first thing that surprised you. <laughs> Just how much work it is. Yeah. Um, you know, because I did all my own editing and because it was sports, I tried to do the whole batching episodes thing. Yeah. Sports podcast, you can't do that. You just can't because you're talking about topical topics. Um, so I got really good at editing them where I would edit them literally within an hour and get them up because it was, you never know what was going to happen next. So I wanted to get them up and, and going. So I think what it taught me was you stop worrying about the, you know, minute details of the ands and the uns and the pauses and me breathing heavy in between words because I talked too fast and I wasn't taking a breath, but I had to get all that out in that one sentence or I would have like, you know, forgotten things. And, you know, it, it just, it taught me too that it's okay to really be kind of a bigger version of yourself on the microphone. I think sometimes with certain topics you have to be. I think that for her, she was a, a different version of myself than I am now, simply because of, you know, I've gone through things and, um, but she was just that, that whole show was just like fun for me for a long time because I got to ask questions that people don't ask. It was really more of a sociological podcast where I'm asking, why do you love the sport? You know, why did you choose this team? You know, why do you, you know, willing to spend all this money? Why do they do the things they do? And um, I actually have a sociology degree from the University of Virginia. And so it fit really well in that kind of search for me was, you know, when you look at sports as part of our society, I mean, anything that's that brings that many people together under one kind of tradition, 
um, you know, it has a huge social impact. Sports influences um, conversations we have about things like concussions or domestic violence or how much athletes are paid or should municipalities be paying for sports arenas, you know, because if, if, especially if you're not a sports fan, then why do I care about the sports arena, yeah. you know, and, and, and those kind of issues are fundamentally just everybody's issues, not just the sports fans. Were there conversations that took a turn that maybe you didn't expect? Because with the, with the theme of of sports on the show, you know, it's pretty. Um, the format is pretty rigid, not rigid, but just kind of you sort of know what you're going to get into. But like with all conversations and all really good conversations with people who you're having uh, like a, a a nice engagement with, sometimes you just go off on different tracks. Yeah, I always started those conversations with I tried to at the beginning have like a rigid schedule of like of questions and that just didn't work for me. So instead, I would always start with one question, um, you know, what got you into sports? Because it was always different. Sometimes I would have a guest and they would be like, well, my dad um, got me into Little League or I used to watch sports because of this. You know, I know my own story. I, I really got into sports to spend time with my husband because I realized when I moved in with him, I was going to be a football widow. So I learned everything I could about football and realized how much fun it was. And it was our thing. And then college basketball came around and it was like, oh, my God, I love this so much. And, and that was the thing we loved to do together. And so originally, I wanted it to be a show where wives could listen or partners who had crazy sports fans in their lives so they could understand why they get so upset when their team loses or why they're willing to spend so much time and effort and money into following a sports team or playing in like, you know, fantasy football, which is really just Dungeons and Dragons for, <laughs> for football. You know, it is, or playing with Barbies. I mean, really it's like building a Barbie dream house is when you're building a perfect fantasy football team. And, but it quickly, I realized that those weren't the people who were listening. It was the sports nuts. It was my, um, the husband's that were listening. So instead I just had conversations with sports fans. I just had conversations with people um, just about areas of sports. They normally didn't get to talk about. And sometimes we would talk about typical, like topical things that were going on right then at that moment. But for the most part, it was just general, like, why do you love this? Um, because it was something no one else was asking. Did you ever get an answer that surprised you? Oh, all the time. Um, I had one of my most famous um, people I had on was Adnan Burke from ESPN. And he's actually a huge movie buff. Just getting him on was a surprise because I did a random tweet out on Twitter about how I would love to have him on the show to talk about movies sometime. And he tweeted back immediately. He goes, let's do it. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, wow, nicest, nicest guy. And he, um, we talked about movies and we, and we talked about, so we talked about like our favorite sports movies. And I said my um, favorite favorite sports movie was the sandlot and he looked at me like i was crazy and i'm like no it's the, the best sports movie are you kidding me every kid needs a summer like that so him being him like kind of like doing that and just his whole journey about the fact that you know that's his job so at the end of the day when he goes home he doesn't want to talk about that he wants to you know spend time with his two kids and his wife yeah. the last thing he wants to do is talk about you know baseball and so um, I mean, this idea of reaching out re via Twitter is, uh, I, I can relate to that because I reached out to Mark Maron's producer, uh, Brendan McDonald, by, yeah. via Twitter and uh, said, I'd love, because I heard him on The Wolf Den. This was about now going back two years. And then he said, yeah, some of that stuff is dated. And I was like, well, if you ever want to bring folks up to date and where you are now, I'd love to have you on. And and he, we eventually agreed and he came on and we did it by Skype. And it was just amazing because, I, I, you know, you, I, I think we underestimate what 
we're capable of achieving sometimes and we sell ourselves short. And I think because we have this platform and sometimes people, you know, people love to have conversations. And, and I think for the most part, most people are, are good people. And, and if they feel like there's no ulterior motive and it's just like something that they would enjoy and, and it's in their, um, in their wheelhouse, I, I don't see why, why they wouldn't think about it. Cause I think as we get, you know, bigger, so to speak, and, and not to say that we're famous celebrities, but once podcasters start getting to the point of having a show for three or four years, people want to be on your show, right? And, mm-hmm. and people ask you to be on their show and you're like, well, you gotta, you're going to have to pay it forward, I think, if you want, you don't want to have bad karma. I think for Sports Galpa, because it was, you know, such a short show, I only did it for about really consistently for about nine months. Um, I think the reason why I was able to get someone like him on, I was able to get like someone like John Lee Dumas on and Pat Flynn, who normally take forever to get on shows. I gave them an opportunity to talk about something they normally never get to talk about. John, I found out from his amazing partner, Kate, who's a good friend of mine. He was so excited to be on my show because I didn't ask him about entrepreneurship. I didn't ask him about, I mean, I let him talk about his I think he was launching the Freedom Journal um, very quickly but we talked about Providence basketball and I got him because I met him at Podcast Movement and you remember the buses at the Dallas trip where we went to the one place with like the bull and the the dress up clothes and the band on he happened to be sitting in front of me and I'm my good friend Shamika Williams who um, does a podcast called Escaping the Cubicle and she lives in my local area and so we were sitting next together and then John sits down like right there and um, I pop my head in between the seat and I'm like John the biggie sucks the ACC rules and he and I for the entire time back went back and forth about why each other's wrong and he goes I want on the podcast I had to wait till December to get him on but he he basically was like I want to come on and he did and he rocked it it was a great episode and then Pat it was a cool episode just because, um, you know, people know his story and, and, and how he was an architect and got laid off. We didn't talk about any about that. We talked about him. He was actually band leader for the Berkeley band, yeah, that's right. which is, yeah, which is a huge deal. And then he was actually on our crew team, like an all girl crew team. And he was the coxswain, Cox, which he's coxswain. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, it coxswain he, or coxswain? I never know. I, uh, yeah, I'm terrible. I cannot spell and I barely pronounce things. Again, I don't know why I'm a content creator. You know, really, I get paid to write for a living and podcast for a living. And the basic fundamentals sounds of it, like, I'm sounds actually... Sounds like you're absolutely qualified for that job. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- he's he's that person. So he talks about he talked about that. And I never heard that before. And, and just, I loved being able to do that for these guys. You know, all the people that have come on, um, just giving them an opportunity just to talk about stuff they don't get to talk about all the time you know when you ask a podcaster who normally is in like let's say like food or something like that to talk about something other than that it shows that we're not just the one niche that people think we're in we're a whole being and i think that's important it's funny because i had uh, rob dion on and he's uh, he's got a podcast called open sky fitness but uh jason bryant was listening and jason bryant obviously is uh i'm i'm good friend with him yeah, yeah, yeah. i love he's him great guy and he is, does podcasts on wrestling and he heard uh rob mention something about that so he asked rob to come on to talk about wrestling just wrestling oh that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah and actually jason and i were in the podcast movement um, fantasy football league with each other okay. this year yeah so again it's just it, it, it this is what happens like to people if you've never gone to like podcast movement or podfest or any kind of look do it just just pay the money. I don't care if you don't have it. Put on a credit card. You'll be fine. It's well worth the investment because just to be in a room with like people who understand this is priceless because no one in my regular life gets this at all. 
<laughs> they, they're like, you sit in your closet and you talk to people on the internet. And, you know, my mom even built me like a desk inside my closet. So I have a proper desk now to hold all the stuff that I need. But, you know, and now, now she's on a podcast with me, which has been fun. So I'm bringing people in. I feel like, you know, I'm like, you know, Moses through the desert. Come the chosen people. Come to part the Red Sea. We're going to find the promised land of downloads and, you know, fame and glory. But just only in podcast festivals. In real life, no one will recognize you at all. So what was, because you were that outsider when you went to NMX, was it NMX 2015? Yeah, that yeah, was the last I, one, yeah. I, I was there as well, and it was that was weird, because it was with the uh, the radio, th- uh, uh, what was the broadcasting thing they were trying National to do? National Association of Broadcasters. Yeah, they were trying to do that at the same time, and we ended up being in this, like, the stepchild area, and it was like the, the was little kids. There was a lot of people complaining about that. <laughs> the little kids Thanksgiving table. Yes. <laughs> but when, this, was there, like, an aha moment, because you went there, did you know, have you heard about podcasting? You went there because you said it was for your, your company. But like, talk to me about like those first either few hours or first day. It was weird because it had it had promised itself to be like a, a just a content marketing conference. Very quickly, I don't know if it's because I met I met Mark Asquith on the um, tram to a VIP party. And I blame Mark Asquith for all of this. It's all his fault. <laughs> I will tell Mark, it is all your fault. And he goes, yes, and I'm stuck with you now. So I have my barren to burn to. <laughs> so I met him on the thing. And I think because I he became my buddy. And then, um, again, Jonathan was around. And then Shimika was also at that thing. They were all podcasters already. I think that's what kind of brought me to that podcasting track. Because I wanted to stick with my, you know, you meet conference buddies a lot of times. Yeah. And sometimes when you go to conference, you have your conference buddies just for that conference. And you never see each other again. These people are like forever friends at this point. It just was a weird kind of, you know, and there was a lot of people we met there, but it was just those three really kind of stuck. It, it was weird. It was like, I kept seeing this podcast thing. I'm like, what are they talking about? But I got really excited when Grammar Girl was speaking and I knew who she was because she had been an Oprah and I've used really? her blog to teach me things. And Mignon uh, Fogarty, I think is. Mignon, Mignon, uh, Mignon Fogarty. Yeah. She was, Mignon, she, actually, she yeah. actually kicked off episode, uh, season two, episode 100. Episode She's 101. Am- yeah. Amazing. I have the biggest girl crush on her because I think what she does is just a godsend for, for writing and just making grammar and, and that quick, dirty tips thing she's got going on and she did the best presentation like I loved all the education there and then I saw this dude named Chris Ducker who's become a friend of mine um, on stage and I was like he's talking about farts and spacesuits I'm like what is this I kind of felt like a, it was like being like Alice in Wonderland mm. and so I'm there and I'm going okay this all seems like nonsense to me but sure I'll go with it because I've already been blogging I mean I, I had a job if you think about it Harry I had a job that a lot of people would crave a regular nine to five job where my job was social media and and blogging and teaching other people how to do those things how many people do you see in all these that would love to have a a regular job doing that and and I had that and um but I wasn't satisfied when I got my microphone and started doing interviews and my first couple of interviews of course terrible I love what Roman Mars said at um podcast movement 15 and if you're doing the drinking game you're probably drunk by now if you're not you've got a great stomach uh, but I love what he said in his keynote speaker where he's like you're gonna hate all your 50 first episodes and I'm like yes thank yeah. you Roman Mars he's the nicest guy and so I can't listen to them now, but I had like Corey Fitterin on. I know he's been on your show and he came on. I met him at a panel at um, NMX and he talked about sports and Nick Superling was also there and some hockey guy. I forget who his name was. He's probably actually 
well, it's just hockey. I don't like but, hockey as a sport. But <laughs> <laughs> see, and you can say these things. It was my show, Sports Scott. We never talked about hockey, very rarely. And um, so Corey came on. He was like third or like second or third guest. And he just kind of said, okay, I'm going to hold your hand because you're a baby podcaster. <laughs> We're going to get through this together. How bad was it? Well, I had like a headset microphone. So because I wasn't sure I wanted to invest in that. And then finally, after I hearing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pay the what the 50 bucks to get the, you know, audio technica. Like every time I see someone like in one of those podcasts, like Facebook groups asking what equipment, I just want to send them a link going here. Just just buy this one. Stop asking. Yeah. A lot of times it's almost like an excuse. They overthink it and they want, they want to know that they have a lot of decisions to make so that when someone's asking them, how come you haven't started your show? Like, Oh, I got to figure out the mic and I got to figure out the hosting and I got to figure out the website. And I got to, I'm like, no, you don't just like, nope. just do it. Like 80% of podcasters already do already. And that seemed to work. I mean, uh, prior to the sponsorship with sure, uh, I, I had the, that ATR 2100 got me through the first hundred episodes. I mean, two plus years. It's a, it's a, uh, really solid. good work yeah Workhorse. yeah i mean i think for me because again i'm an accidental podcaster i didn't have any time to make these decisions i basically said okay whatever you tell me to do jay soderbergh i'm gonna do so it allowed me the freedom to not worry about any of that mm-hmm. and instead just focus on the show which i think if more podcasters the biggest advice i could give brand new podcasters is stop worrying about the details just record because you're not going to like your first episodes anyway. You are going to listen to them and go, oh, even if the sound is perfect, even the technical aspects of the podcast are perfect, you're not as a host. Unless you are coming from like, unless you're Jimmy Fallon or Johnny Carson coming from like, you know, I interview all the time. So those podcasters that are really well known, that interview a lot for a living anyway, they already know how to do this. It's just a different format. Those of us who are coming off the street, we have to learn. And it takes time. So just give yourself the time and just record and stop worrying about the details of your freaking microphone. <laughs> There's something to be said about creating a show that is on a... This is why they tell you to go so niche. Because if you do go really, really niche, there'll be people, to, to the point we were talking about earlier, who want, who want to talk about that super, super, super niche topic. And uh, I mean, it's probably if you do enough research, I think you could find a, a group of people like I just want to talk to celebrities about, you know, I don't know, their favorite robe. I don't know. Yeah. Sne- sneakers or something like that. Just like something like uh, just trying to think of, uh, of something that's a super niche hobby, but that a lot of like people would have it and you could just kind of pull them in. Just, you know, just be really specific what you want to talk about and make them short episodes. And I, I think you do well. I would want to interview celebrities about who are obsessed like I am about Trader Joe's, particularly the triple ginger snap cookie. That is what I would do if I were doing a super niche show. (laughs) For that, you might as well get Trader Joe's to pay you to do that. I would think so. Yes. And they could pay me in um, gift cards. I'd be more than happy with that because I have two growing children. And um, my son is 10 and fairly tall for his age. His dad was six, seven. And um He's just growing. I'm like, stop it. I mean, stop we had to it. buy him new. I'm like, just stop. Just give me like two months before I have to go buy you new pants. So, eh. Kids. Well, yeah, it's funny because I think, uh, well, Trader Joe's doesn't spend any money on marketing. So that's probably out of the window. I know, but I love them. So I'm okay with that. That's why I have no problem. And, and their employees seem really happy. If you've never yeah, been too. to Trader Joe's, go because they'll open up any of the food for you to try they have bells I bet stickers you if, i bet you if they sold those trader joe's hawaiian t- uh dress shirts or, or shirts i think people would buy them i would i'd buy at least one <laughs> why not 
You know, <laughs> Todd from Blueberry would have one. He probably does. <laughs> ding. We ding. Need to, we need to... <laughs> okay, so uh, Sports Gal Pal is now mm-hmm. retired. So what was that? Yeah. What, what was next then? We should not be friends. So that yep. was a short run show with my friend Tim Jester, who I met via Sports Gal Pal. He was on a podcast with Jay Soderbergh called Next Fan Up. He was Atlanta Falcons super fan. I did this series um, where I did these two a day episodes. I don't ever do this, kids. Don't ever do this. I'm about to tell you something I wow. did that was crazy. Um, for thir- for like 30 days, I had two episodes out a day. Yeah, I wish you guys could see Harry's face right now because he's already feeling the pain of this. So two episodes a day. Those I did kind of batch as much as possible. You know, 32 different guests talking about different sports teams. It was I think that for me was the big learning curve. It made me so much of a better podcaster and interviewer because you have to. The more you do it, the better you get. So that was great. But I met this great guy, Tim. And he went through some life changes earlier. And he was there for me during, um, you know, this past February um, not this year, 2017, but in 2016, some of you may know the story. My husband passed away and Tim was there. He was my 5 a.m. call as I'm going to the hospital following him. Hmm. He was there when I found the news out. I called him immediately and we had already planned to do this show. We should not be friends because we really shouldn't have been friends. He's a single guy in Atlanta. I'm this married woman in Virginia, like, but we became really good friends. And so we had a really good dynamic. And what happened was instead the show was originally supposed to be me following all of his single adventures. Well, he got together with his girlfriend. So suddenly I was the single one going on dates and trying to figure this thing out and dealing with grief. And it was amazing. I got more fan interaction with that show than Sports Gal Pal right away. Mm. I think because it was just universal topics. I yeah. think people, you know, I was really vulnerable and talking about the grief and James. And we were just silly. And it was a show that you should not listen to if you're a decent human being or have small children. <laughs> My children are never allowed to listen to that show. Um, and that one's recently kind of took a hiatus because he's got some priorities in his, his life. And I've got some that we need to focus on. So I think rather than trying to just keep doing episodes, we're like, let's just take a break from it and and but it served its purpose for me it, it allowed me number one to talk to my best friend regularly and record them which I'm glad we did and I think I hope that it helped people just see that you know you can be very funny while you're incredibly depressed and sad I think what's important is sometimes podcasters you know they really want to be disciplined and they really want to have their show week in and week out but there are shows that have a that just serve their purpose so to speak you know it's you know maybe that netflix uh model where it's just like a series or it's just like a you know a couple of seasons and i think i think if you feel like you've said everything you need to say on the topic you know and then you're just going to be like making shit up or you're just going to be squeezing out episodes you're like ah and then and this kind of your the listeners can hear like ah you really mm-hmm. lost enthusiasm for this and you don't want to do it anymore so as much as we try to preach like be consistent be consistent like if if you don't have anything else to say on the topic it's it's okay you know just put a bow on it yeah, and we didn't even have like really a, a goodbye episode. So the only thing we did was we actually had the guy I'm currently seeing. Um, he actually got interviewed by Tim, and that was last episode. So it kind of wraps up this whole period where I was single and dating lots of men. And every guy I dated, his name was Adam of some kind. So it'd be like I had um, 
Boomerang Adam because he kept coming around. Um, I had Viking Adam because he was a Viking ancestry. There was Political Adam. There was Hot Historian Adam. There was Contractor Adam. There were a lot of Adams. Funny Adam. Um, there, there were just a lot. And Tim at one point was like, I just need a chart to keep up because I was just like, I'd been with my husband for 14 years. So it was like summertime. And again, I was like, I'm just going to see what's out there. And because this is going to be my one time in life probably to do this, you know, do it. You know, I'm 36, young enough to enjoy it, smart enough to know better about certain aspects. So that was good. And yeah, <laughs> I did. And I enjoyed myself. And so we talked about that. And then Tim was in um, Chicago with me for progress movement. I convinced Mark to let Tim and I run the podcast website's table, but it was good. No, it was, it was fun. We went to a baseball game with Jonathan and Mark. Um, that's kind of our podcast movement tradition is we go to baseball games, which is hilarious because Mark is British and doesn't follow sports at all. So he's got Jonathan and I like trying to explain things to him. And he's just like, I'm just here for the experience and the beer and the beer. Yes. So I don't think we got, I think we got beer after the Chicago Cubs game. I don't think we got any actually at Wrigley. I'm trying to remember. It was hot. That's all I know. Um, and Jonathan has this massive ability to get great seats. So we're hoping to, I think we're going to see the Angels play. Oh, really? The Rangers. Yeah. In podcast movement. Oh, no. We, Jared easily knows um, <laughs> the organizer of podcast movement that at least the three of us always go to a baseball game. I think we're going to try to convince, um, I think Liz and her husband want to come, Liz Covart. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I am packing a lot of podcasters. I'm not name dropping. It's just ding, 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 <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Um, it's just, but that's what happens. You go to enough of these conferences and you start mingling with people, they become pals. And Harry knows all these people I'm talking about. So, really, Harry and I are just having a conversation. You guys get to listen in. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> We're just hanging so, out. We're just hanging out in Ramona's closet. It's okay. Yeah. And it is, and he can see it. The clothes are behind me. I just did the um, art of tidying up to some degree with the clothes. Okay. That was really good. I highly suggest doing that. Like, I even did everything she says, like pet the clothes and say goodbye to them. But I got rid of like nine bags of stuff. Nine bags. Yeah, it was bad. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I just, I went through a buying phase last year. Again, yeah. when you grieve, you spend lots of money. So I, I there were things with tags. I'm like, no, no, no. So, yeah. So did you go through the, the Tinder phase as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Left, right, left, right. Oh, yeah. You can listen to all that. If you really want to know, go to weshoutnot.com. <laughs> you can listen to all the episodes. They're all there. And you can hear all my adventures. And you can live vicariously through me. I had people writing going, who are you seeing now? And I'm like, <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, there was one time, Harry, I had three dates in one night. I'm not. Yeah, I became that person. Because you think that's guys some, That's like this. reality show stuff. I, but I did it to myself. No, I went to a crappy Indian dinner with some dude I met on Tinder, and it was boring. Indian, met Ad, up with, Indian Adam? No, it was just, yeah, I don't think he's got an Adam name. He wasn't even worth an Adam name. And then um, I met up with a hot historian, had a drink, and then there was this kind of younger guy who just didn't have his life together and met up with him after that. I'm like, I can't do this. I already have kids. So, you know, there was a lot of that. So meeting the new guy that I've been dating since November so it's been almost what five months yeah yeah it's kind of settled me down um it, it's nice to be just with one person for an extended period of time like yeah. I, i'm like oh yeah that's what this feels like relationships yay so so yeah so we did we should not and then and put a bow on that and my next podcast project is with my mom and it's finally my first business podcast Ooh, so exciting but it's funny it's spapreneur it's um a lot of people don't know this in the in the podcast space i actually own a 
very successful day spa with my parents. We have 23 massage therapists, 15 wow. massage rooms. Um, my daughter is a spa baby. She she just assumes all little girls get massages and nails and skincare on a regular basis. I, I She goes to Girl Scouts and she's like, what do you mean you don't get facials regularly? I don't understand <laughs> this. I'm like, Addison, not all of them have a mommy that owns a spa. Yeah. So um, we've decided we're giving advice to independent spa owners because there's been a terrible increase of chain massage places and day mm-hmm. spas in our industry and they're pizza hutting our industry. And we're like, don't go to the pizza huts of massage, you know, don't, don't work for them, create your own and make it you. And so we're on there. The best part is, is the stories are hilarious because when you've had a business for 20 years in which people get naked, (laughs) you're going to have some good stories. And my mother is basically an older version of me. So, um, John, um, Buchanan from, um, audio, John Buchanan, who does the she podcast girls editing. He's my editor. He was just telling me, he goes, your mom cracks me up every time I listen to these episodes (laughs) because she's just She's just her um, because she doesn't understand podcasting. You know, she holds her her microphone. She doesn't want to use a stand. So I'm always having to like, mom, keep it like right there. And, and she's like, no, I don't want to stand. I'm like, oh, my God. So just imagine bringing your mother onto a podcast. I it's, cannot it, imagine that. It's, it's fun, though. It's a project she and I can work on together. And the response for that spa community is been great. They're really like, we love you guys. And you're giving such great practical advice. And it's funny. And I think that's important because, you know, massage is a very singular, like, industry. It's mm-hmm. just you and the client. So it's not like a normal job where you can team build in the room. It's just you and the client. So you got to figure out something to, to kind of market yourself and do stuff. So, so that's, you know, those are all the, those are, so I have now my third podcast, which is nuts when I think about it. That's crazy. There's a couple of things happening there. Number one is this aspect of if people were to listen from the beginning, there's like a, your whole like story. I mean, in, in some ways your life stories, an aspect of it, obviously not the whole thing, but when you started podcasting, like, they can hear what you're going through and if they and they pull out your like personal episodes it's like they get a feel for what your life has been like you know over the past few years which is which is fascinating yeah it's it's weird i feel like you know i i don't you know everybody has their own personal relationship with whatever they believe in if it's god or the universe or whatever i really truly feel like fate set me up to discover podcasting when i did mm-hmm. because i think they knew it 6 months not even a year later, my husband would be gone. And I really needed Mark to offer me the position at Pockets Websites. It allowed me to quit my nine to five job, which took me away from the kids too much. And I got to say that nine to five job was so supportive of me doing that. They understood and they were like, we get it. You know, we hate to lose you, but we understand. And, you know, podcasting, uh, I, you know, I said this at PodFest and you were there, but it's a community. And the reason I mention all these names is not to name drop. Ooh, I know. I know Harry Duran. Ooh, it's so exciting. The reason I do that is because I, first, I respect the people that are in this industry. I respect how open and honest they are. And I respect how much they just embraced me this past year. Like they've really kind of cuddled me up and said, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you through this. And there were many times when I couldn't sleep at night and I would pop in an episode of anything. 
just to hear voices, just to hear grown up voices around me because I needed that. You know, it didn't matter if it was, you know, Corey talking about, you know, this incredible run the Cubs had this past year or if it was Jonathan and silliness and trivial warfare or, um, you know, more stylized produced shows. Like I love that one from Radiolab, more perfect um, with the Supreme Court. That one's just everyone should listen to that one. It's just fabulous. It didn't matter. It just it was nice knowing I'm not alone in the world. Yeah, it's just, just this intimacy that you get, especially if you know the the host. There's something like there's an aspect of me making time to listen. You know, not, not I can't listen to all of them, but occasionally I have a list of, of all my friends' shows, and especially people that have been on. And it's like every once in a while, it's like, oh, let me see what they're up to. And it's 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 almost like a way of checking in with what they're doing without having to like you know find time together to get on a call well like, i'll just listen to their show and that's it's kind of like you get you hear their voice you see who they're up to they'll, they'll likely mention something that's been happening in their lives and and that's a nice check-in until it kind of like helps us stay connected until the next conference <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it just sometimes it feels like there's so much time between you know conferences like my next um gathering i'm trying to think the big one you know obviously in august is podcast movement of course um there'll be some little ones in between but yeah you know and again like i tell people you know there's a thriving community of them in like florida they, they're like mm. all over the place down there i'm kind of jealous of them going i need to create that here but i'm not sure i want to it just seems like a lot of work and i've got other yeah. everyone's everyone's talking about uh the premiere of the messengers that was just uh debuted at tampa at the movie theater was all over uh Mm -hmm. facebook and i had a couple of uh i had tina Dietz. uh, i was speaking to tina Dietz earlier today and and she's great she did a fantastic job at podfest love her and uh and tina conroy that i that i met as well um and they everyone was talking about the the messengers because it was like on social media we were all connected we're connected from the conference and it was just nice to see that that's happening um and if you listen to all these episodes back to back to back you'll know that i'm I, this is the third time i've talked about <laughs> the documentary because it's going to be such a great opportunity to see our our mm-hmm. our peeps you know like on the screen regular people uh podcasting which i think is going to be do wonders for the uh for for podcasting and get a lot of people curious about what exactly it is why we're having so much fun I think so. And I think it's going to hopefully allow other voices to say, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, you know, because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that people listen to podcasters, whether they discover Harry's show or, you know, a, a bigger show, like maybe like John Lee Dumas's show. And they think, well, I can do that, too. And that's how we get people in the industry. The biggest problem right now, I think, is that we get them in the industry. We need to have more people like I experienced where I had handholding to get me through the first six months. And had I not had that, I don't think I would have done all the things I did with Sports Gal Pal. Um, you know, the reason I stopped Sports Gal Pal wasn't that it wasn't successful. It was for my needs. It was very successful. It's very painful for me to still watch sports without my husband. And I've had many people say, you know, he wouldn't want you to give that up. And, you know, there are many things in my life that I'm able to do that I did with my husband that I feel like, oh, he's with me or remember him. Sports is the one thing that when I do it and when I watch it, I feel his absence. So why would I put myself through that? Hmm. And and that's the way I, I describe it. So you can't have a sports podcast without watching sports. I know it works for certain sports podcasters and professionals on that four letter network because they don't watch all the games yet. They have many opinions on them. Um, but I was not one 
one of them. I instead watched a lot of games, probably more than I needed to, um, really to understand what was going on. Um, I did that too, Harry, because I am a woman in a guy's world and I didn't want them to have any excuses. Jay told me this advice. I think this is good for all of us with various topics where there are strong opinions. As long as you've got facts to back up your opinion, state your opinion. That was like just invaluable just in general in life. I'm going, that's just a great thing. So I I really want to see us as a community now go, okay, we had a bunch of new podcasters that were starting at PodFest. I'm seeing them, you know, in various groups. I'm launching, I'm launching. We've got to handhold them a little bit more and say it's going to be okay because that rush of new is going to fall away from them. And then the routine of creating the show. And that's when you're like, oh, I have to do this again. Oh. And we have to have somebody kind of going, you can do this again. Let's go. Let's make more episodes. You can do that. So um, that's where I feel like if there's anything missing in our industry, it's that. Well, the, what you were talking about with Sports Gal Pals, it's because your your husband's the one who got you into sports, right? Yeah. 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 Um, he didn't force me into it. It was just one of those things. It was my love letter to him. Sports Gal Pals, I realized, was my love letter to him. It was my way of saying, you have introduced this entire world to me that I love and I love studying and I love thinking about and doing and, and other things. And, you know, it's, I went out with many, many of the Adams who were sports fans. I wound up with a guy who is not into sports at all. Wow. There's a reason for that. He's into improv instead. So now I'm taking improv classes. <laughs> I, hear, I, just finished- I, hear, I hear a podcast coming. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought about relaunching Sports Gal Pal with him on and, and maybe maybe telling how to explain football to my boyfriend. Now it's got to be <laughs> something new and it's about your improv journey. Improv journey. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because with improv, what I'm learning is that you have to, you know, it, the, the rules are yes and. So you have to say yes and agree whatever's going on stage. And for a while there in my life, I'm not good at that. I want to go in and change everything and take control of everything. And you can't do that and have good improv. Mm-hmm. It's helped me out so much. And I've only been taking the classes now since early February. And already I'm feeling just a difference in, in my how we react with the kids, um, how I'm handling podcasts. Um, and this, and I'm kind of excited. There's like five levels at this theater. It's called Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in the Hamptons area, that shows like five bucks and ten bucks a piece, like super cheap. And these guys are funny. They're really, really funny. And every once in a while, I get to be on there. <laughs> Not much, but it's just it's learning a new skill. But it's transferable to podcasting. It makes you, it forces you to be a better listener. Which is always a good thing, a really good thing when it comes to podcasting. I think it's a a, a skill that's underutilized because podcasters often are people like me who just really want to get their voices out. So we talked about me being talking very fast and I need to get everything out. I think the improv is helping me slow down a bit because I realize that there will always be time for me to add later if I need to. I'm I'm, I'm curious about this, this idea of like you always talking fast and, and, I'm, I want to try to dig in and figure out like where that came from. Is it, is it this idea of like, Always like trying to get attention when you were little? No, I, I demanded attention when I was little. Like there was no, I demand attention like in my life all the time. Like I have no problem gathering that. Um, the talking fast thing, I'm not sure to be honest with you. I think it's just, I, I think again, my mind races at a zillion miles an hour. I have a lot of things I want to say and I want to make sure the world hears them. And, and it's really kind of very immature. It's an immature way of thinking because instead 
if I shift and stop talking as much and allow others to give their voice, usually I find better solutions to things that I'm dealing with, new perspectives. And I think it makes me just a more aware person rather than it just be me, me, me. This past year with James dying, it really did. It was the oddest thing. You know, everybody goes through at least one part in their life where they want to be the most popular person, whatever there is. I suddenly in my social group was the most popular person because everybody was worried about me. I mean, I'm talking attention like you would not believe the funeral. There were probably 500 people there. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, you know, all of a sudden you get to be that thing you want and you're like, oh, I don't want this. Because it's for the it's, it's for a terrible reason. I think it was just the shift this past year of me forcefully slowing down. Like this summer, the only project I really worked on was pro- podcast website stuff, and then hanging out with the kids. That's all I did um, because I had to. I had to recover. They had to start recovering. We had to figure out this whole family of three dynamic we weren't expecting. Um, and it's weird. I still feel like sometimes I have to defend the fact that I don't have a husband anymore and tell people I didn't like divorce him. He didn't leave me. He didn't leave his children. Yeah. He died. And there's there's a difference. And I'm starting to get over that. But there was a while there I was really jealous of whole families for a long time. You mentioned um, the first response when I asked you about speaking fast was about demanding attention. What's your earliest recollection of demanding attention? Ah, uh, sixth birthday. Uh, my mom videotaped this because my dad was in the Navy and he was out to sea. And so um, they would go on um, missions out to sea for six months at a time. And they were videotaping. My sister was like six months old and they were videotaping her. And I just think remember going, um, this is my birthday. What the hell? What in the world? She's already cute and cuddly. Everybody knows it. Why do you need to stare at her? That's ridiculous. So that was the first, that's the first thing I can remember. And ever since then, yeah, it's like, no, I need to be like, you know, the diva in my life. Um, it's not a hack. It's not a trait I really like about myself. It's something I'm working on. I think I'm getting better. I think I'm mellowing out um, for many reasons, but I think it's always going to be there. I think, too, though, what's great about it is that because I like attention, I'm able to then, you know, utilize it. If I utilize it in ways that's healthy, I think it's a good thing. When I'm at conferences, for example, it's really helpful to demand attention when you're at a table um, because it brings people to you. So that's good. It's also helpful when I meet so many people and then I can say, you need to meet blah, 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 blah. Let's go and do that. Um, So I like using it for those, that superpower for those things. Um, But I think like with any kind of big talent, like, like something like this, you have to walk that line really carefully. And a lot of times I don't walk it as carefully as I should. That's probably why I have a podcast websites t-shirt. Oh yes, because I probably <laughs> demanded you you take one. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, I'm like, and you will hold it up, and you will. T- I will take a picture. But it's a cool shirt. That's it's probably the shirt. coolest. It's probably one of the coolest podcasting shirts out there. It's very nice, super soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a Mark thing. Mark is the one great thing about working with Mark. He and I Ding. told him this to his face. Is <laughs> he's a persnickety bastard. His branding and the details of it. They better be spot on. I cannot tell you how many social media images I have had to take down because something was just off Mm. and he finds them all like you think, oh, this is fine. Just push it through. No, no. 
but it is good. It's taught me a lot. And then when I was launching Spapreneur, I started using that same eye on different things and it makes it so much better just taking that extra couple of seconds instead of rushing it out, again, speaking it out, taking that time to listen or look and be careful with what you're putting out there. I think it makes a difference. So it does make um, a difference. I think so. And he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's one of, you know, people don't know this about him, but, you know, his agency Hacksaw works uh, with some of the most incredible clients I've ever heard of. And they do amazingly beautiful things. So that's why when we get compliments like on our booth, the way it looks or our merchandise when we're handing out to podcasters, there's a reason behind that because it's Mark his vision for this company that he's building, which people still, I think in podcasting don't understand. A lot of people do not understand this all in one concept because they're so used to saying, well, you can get your hosting here and your website here. And we're saying, no, we'll do it all. And they're like, no, that's too expensive. And we're like, is it though? Because yeah. when you price it out for a new podcaster, maybe they don't want to go searching for four different hosts to figure out which one will work with their website. Maybe it's just nice to log into one dashboard. So again, that hand-holding thing, like I talked about, you know, it's one of those things where maybe instead of us forcing people to always do it the way they did it, we instead say, you know what, there's a way we can still handhold and they can still focus on, like I was able to, the content, which ultimately is really what matters. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there's so many moving parts in the beginning. Uh, I think uh, any so any solutions where you can do a lot of the the research and, and into what works and what doesn't and what works well together is always something that's going to be always continue to be attractive for, to new podcasters. And it's not for everybody. You know, there are going to be those podcasters who are more technically sound coming into it, who um, don't necessarily need it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's the niche who does celebrate both. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm wondering if your child acted the way you did when you were six, like, or if she had, he, or she has, like, how how would you handle it? Oh, Anderson has my my okay. oldest. Oh my God, he's a miniature me by far. Um, having kids is the best mirror ever. Like, it's the best thing you could do to make you realize one, it's not about you. And to to make you see what you were like as a kid. And you're like, man, I really was a little shit, wasn't I? Um, he's so funny and charming and just, he's definitely attention hound. His little sister isn't too far behind. So I've got two kind of kids that demand attention. I think the difference is they're so close in age that they both are at the same level. So they both know how to get it. <laughs> so I think there's a difference. My sister was five years behind and never figured it out. Well, maybe they keep each other in check. They do. They're like an old married couple. Um, and so they fight and bicker, but they love each other. Like the other day, they um, we converted our, my garage into, well, it's, it's been really a Girl Scout cookie warehouse for the last month. But it's also their playroom, like the Xboxes. And they were both like cuddled in this one chair, even though they had two chairs together, playing Minecraft. And I'm like, what are you doing? Playing Minecraft? And, and they're both on the same controller. I'm like, I mean, sometimes I don't even ask anymore. It's just not even worth it. I'm like, okay, you do anything violent? Is this a, is this a, you know, an approved game? Okay, fine. Just, just be yourselves, kids. Yeah, well, it's, rel- it's relatively harmless. It's, it's just one of those puzzling things to adults. You're like, what, what are you like? What are you watching? Like my nephew plays it too, and I'm just like, he's just so fixated and. And, Does uh, he watch the YouTube videos? Yeah, he watches the YouTube videos. I don't, that's the thing. Okay, so, because we didn't have YouTube <laughs> That's a new up. thing, right? The watching yeah. the kids play other games thing? That's so crazy. There's this one guy, he does these like hide-and-seek Minecraft videos, and he sings a song, I put my booty in your face. And all of a sudden, I heard these, the kids started to sing that to each other. I'm like, what in the world is going 
on. I just, it, 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 it boggles my mind. And he, listening to me, because again, I work in technology. I embrace it. I love it. But there are aspects of starting to realize like, oh, these kids of mine are starting to figure out ways to circumvent it. They keep trying to convince me to let me have a podcast, like let them have a podcast. And I want to. But then I'm like, do I really want to? Because Lord knows what they would say. I mean, I have the equipment now since I do uh, co-host a show with my mom. I could just let them in the closet with the USB dual pre, you know, and just let them go. But part of me is like, what would they talk about? <laughs> and what would they do? And probably the best or the worst thing. I'm not sure yet, Harry. Well, like, you know, um, you could always record the episode. You don't have to publish it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Get, get, get the microphone in front of them and see what comes out. It's true. They've been on, or they've at least watched me podcast. They're they're funny. Sometimes they'll like if it's around their bedtime. Um, we live. I live with my um parents now, and my mom. When I'm podcasting later in the evenings, she'll put them to bed. But they'll come into the door. Like what people don't know about the closet is that the, there's not a door there. So it's my bedroom's right there because otherwise I'd be claustrophobic in here. <laughs> and um, so they'll come by and they'll wave, and I pray to God, I'm like please. Sometimes they're like, "Mommy, we heard you talking to Tim, and you owe like four dollars in the jar." And I'm like, "Okay, that doesn't count." Um. When I'm on the podcast yeah. with Tim, and I'm like, please don't let it be a section where we're talking about the one, like, you know, <laughs> sex toy that maybe sex toy company that wants to sponsor us. I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, and I worry because I'm like, that's out there. The kids eventually may find it and, and hear it. Like, someone's like, Ramona, you should run for politics. I'm like, no, because yeah. I did this podcast about me dating and having, like, you know, basically a very, you know, outgoing summer. I'll put it like that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think that'll work. So, that's all. They're, it's all on the record now. It's all on the record, and someone's downloaded it and kept it forever. Even if people like you can erase it. I'm like, no, you can't erase it. Once it's out there, it's out there. It's okay. gone. So own up to own up to your life. But you know, the kids themselves are a wonderful mixture of my hu- late husband and I. I see it more and more every day. I just the biggest thing for me as a mom is just to let them truly be who they authentically are. And not who I want them to be and to not live vicariously through them. I have a philosophy about parenting that I truly believe my job is to make them just, you know, competent adults, good human beings. That is my job. So if I've kept them off the pole, out of jail and out of Blacksburg, which is the um, where the rival school, the University of Virginia is located, I've done my job as a mother. So, yes. So go, go UVA. Wahoo. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for spending the time with me today. No, this is again bucket list item checked off. I'm not kidding. Like your intro, the music makes me happy. I get super excited. Like, what are they going to talk about? I'm such like a fangirl of the show. I'm surprised you even let me on because I was like, you know, in Podfest, I'm like, okay, I really want to ask Harry to be on the show, but I don't want to be that person that asks because you don't want to be that person that asks. But finally, I was like, damn it, have me on your show because I really want to be on. I'm really. This is like a thrill. Well, I mean, it's. Like I said, I mean, I've talked about it before, just the idea of having your friends on and just having a conversation that it's like a conversation we would have in person and it just happened to be recorded mm-hmm. and we can let uh, the world listen in on it. And and it's entertaining. And I think it's it's the type of conversations more people should be having on their shows. I mean, I get people asking me to be on and they're like, my the, the worst is the people who are working for someone else. And so like... Uh, Joe something is a leader in, in marketing technologies and I think you'd make a great guest on your show and I'm like I don't think you've listened because I don't think yeah <laughs> it's really frustrating for me this last year I've been really selective in my 
guest spots I've been on simply because everybody's wanted to talk about, you know, cause I, I known for him dying and I'm like, I don't really want that to be the only thing I talk about. So this is only like the third time other than my own show that I've actually talked about the death on podcasting because it's relevant. I was on a show called her money matters, which is a great show. She wanted to do a series about how women handle different like life events. And she asked, you know, you're a widow. Do you mind that for me was, was valuable. I thought that that's going to really help people. And that was worth it. And then there was another one called Mindfulness Node with um, Bruce Langford, I think is his name. And um, he was talking about like how, because he kept saying like on social media, I've been really honest about everything I've gone through this year. Because again, you never know who it's going to help. And really, honestly, for me, it was just a matter of I need to get these thoughts out of my head. And this is the only place I know that I can do it and get feedback on in a timely manner. And I don't know if it was right or wrong, but it's what I chose to do. And he said, you just, he's like, did you mindfully do that? I'm like, no, <laughs> nothing's been mindfulness mm-hmm. at all this year. So to come on the show here and tell like my full podcasting story about, and, you know, and to honor Jay Soderbergh who, and Mark Asquith and Jonathan and, and these guys who have become just really, really important to me, that that's part of the fun is saying, you know, again, podcasters drinking game, you should have gone through your entire fifth of whatever you're drinking so good luck with that if you don't want to drink it you can send it to harry and i we will drink it for you yes gladly gladly so anyway harry again it's a pleasure so what's the one most misunderstood thing about you that i am a people person all the time when i'm on i'm on when i'm off i need to go rest up somewhere so at conferences particularly um i'll hang out at nights and then i go to bed um, you know, I, I'm a sleepy girl and I'm a homebody when I'm home. I like to be home. I like to be in my comfy jammies and I like to be <laughs> snuggled and watch whatever's on Netflix. Yeah. I don't think people really understand that, um, about me too much. Cause I'm so like outgoing and happy. So sometimes like, no, I just want to be by myself. Do you, do you own a Snuggie? I do not own a Snuggie. My mom bought me for Christmas this beautiful. She got an Etsy. So some woman handmade this. I, it was like a mermaid blanket. So you could put your feet in it and your like legs look like a mermaid. Oh, nice. I used to have a Snuggie. Um, UVA one, actually, my husband got me. I'm not sure what happened to it. So Those are one of those things you make fun of until you have one and you're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I know because you can drink your hot cocoa. Like the infomercials, like drink your hot cocoa, work on your laptop. You're like, man, this is like the best backwards robe ever backwards yeah it's exactly what it is i mean seriously some person took their robe and went backwards and then another person goes i'm gonna make those and sell them and get them licensed with like various teams and colors and patterns and they made a gazillion dollars good for them yeah what have you changed your mind about recently oh that's a really great question uh, you know, honestly, I've changed my mind recently about not having to justify why I'm not doing things anymore. So, again, the freedom of being a widow, and there are some benefits to it, is I don't have to explain anymore why I don't want to necessarily go out to a bar with with some girlfriends. I can just say I'm tired, and they just know. You know, so that's kind of a freedom in that. Um, and the other thing was I fought the improv class for a long time. I did it really because the new boyfriend and I kept fighting going, I don't like this. I don't like this. Once I finally gave into the process, I'm like, oh, now I get it. It's fun. So the actual improv class of the lessons of learn- listening and just adding to the scene and agreeing, which are never any of my strong suits. Um, once I kind of settled into that, it was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. I get it now. It seems like there'd be a lot of lessons that would translate well to podcasting too. It's a lot of lessons that just translate, I think, just to life. Yeah. Um, they do, uh, like, you know, if you can in your local area, find an improv class. 
just take the basics and you will be amazed at what it does because the instructor we had his name is a guy named Brad McMurrin. He studied actually with um, Upright Citizens Brigade in New York and he's been doing it a long time. So he's very good at it. And the one thing he said was, is that again, you know, the, the basic rules are, you know, the yes and. So always add something to the scene. Don't negate. So I was on a panel pod fest and there was a guy that kept yes butting me and I kept wanting to slap him going, you're negating me. Stop it. And then um, make your partner look good. So make the people around you look really good and, and support them. And I think that's just a great lesson. And then, you know, just add to the scene. Don't change. Don't negate. Just, you know, go with the flow sometimes. Stop trying to change the world. I think podcasters in general have a really bad habit of either a completely copying what the other person is doing. So they're not adding to the podcasting industry. You're just copying, which isn't good. You need to add something new and exciting and fresh sometimes, or you need to make the rest of the podcasting world that's doing it look really good with what you're doing. I think that's a big lesson. I think if anybody can take from podcasting is that instead of just saying, hey, let me copy this format and do like a lightning round. <laughs> you know, how many of those do we have now? <laughs> Every podcast is on fire. We need no more podcasts are on fire, kids. Okay. The word fire, unless you're doing a firefighter podcast. Okay. No more fires, no more nations, nothing. Just, yeah. just, okay. It's already taken. I'm so sorry. Come up with something else. It's okay. I'll help you. <laughs> but just, just reach, out, reach out to Ramona she'll give you some podcasting therapy just just something you know just just you know no more fire nothing ablaze just just nothing we got one guy that does that awesomely really he's, well yeah he sort of uh nailed it and he's got a stake this claim there yeah so and that's okay he's done that find your own claim there's still lots of land in this podcasting space you know there's still what like most grown-ups don't even know where the podcast app is you have time to build your following kids a promise just take your time come up with great content take the time to listen and then when you go post a question in a facebook group actually listen to what these people are telling you when you have someone who's experienced giving you good advice Listen to the good advice because we've been there. We, yeah. We've done what you're about to do. Well, uh, hopefully everyone that does start a podcast does it with your enthusiasm and with your passion, Ramona, because it's very infectious and I think uh, it makes for great listening, easy on the ears, puts a smile on people's faces. And I think those are all pieces of the puzzle uh, and those will determine how far you go in your podcast because if you if you love what you do and you do it every day you don't have to do two a day like ramona that's a bit crazy but if you <laughs> if you pick a topic you're passionate about i think uh, that's going to come through and that's why i was so happy to have you on because it, i mean who you are in person is who you are here and and i know that um there's no reason to be anybody else so i'm i really honor your friendship and, and thank you for coming on no, again, thank you for letting me check out the bucket list item. And now, oh, I just realized something, Harry. I get to be in the photo of podcast movement. Yay! I'm so happy. That's going to be, uh, talk about, so I, I tried it at, well, I tried, I did it at 2014. I didn't get to try it at 2015, podcast movement. It's hurting cats, but now I'm up to, you know, at least 100 something uh, podcasters, probably 
30 to 40, maybe 50 of whom are going to be a podcast movement. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. You so. need to have like team captains. So these people are responsible for this group of podcasters <laughs> and these so that they so that it takes less work for you. So you say activate team captains, team captains. Like It's like a phone tree, like for the PTA. You have one mom that calls another mom. That mom calls another and it goes on until the message gets through. I don't know why we still have phone trees in the PTA um, these days. Um, this is obviously something you don't have to experience, but they, they do exist or Girl Scouts or anything else. You're like, can I just do a blast text message? But the, apparently no, the phone tree still exists. The blast text message is the idea, but I may have to uh, get your help to corral these people together so we're probably gonna have to plan something because i I, um, need, I need a plan of attack because i don't know I don't, you need people pleasantly bossy i'm one of those people well, you, you need people that are pleasantly <laughs> bossy just come on children let's yeah. go we're gonna go over here now harry needs a photo yeah. so and can, we can get away with being that bossy that that i should have said that is my secret talent is be pleasantly bossy because sometimes you have to do that at these conventions and go children come on come with me <laughs> it's okay that come sounds, to the that light sounds like it should be a podcast pleasantly bossy pleasantly bossy it's probably already taken if not someone's gonna take it right now i guarantee that you're all's gone pleasantly bossy that's okay i'm gonna stick with the spapreneur thing with my mom for a yeah, while i'm sure you get your hands full with that all right girl uh big virtual hug and uh thanks again for taking the time thank you harry oh, where can people track you down online Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, you can definitely find me at the podcast websites community group um, because I'm in there all the time. Um, you know, you can also follow me on Twitter. It's at SportsGalPal still. I don't think I'll ever change that because why? It's me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll watch sports again. Um, and then also go to spotpreneur.com if you want to see pictures of my mom and I, if you want to listen to episodes and hear some of the stories. Um, eventually, we're going to get to like the inter- There are really inappropriate men in our line of work we call them weenie whackers and there's a whole story about why we call them weenie whackers i once had a suburban mom come in a volvo harry completely drunk and the police had to escort her out of the day spa in handcuffs um we have had therapists wow. pass out we have had therapists show up drunk we have had um we could be a reality show and highly entertaining and it's just you know it's it just the nature of our business and the best part is is that the clients all know everything that goes on i mean it's just it's the most unrelaxing day spot on the planet but it works because <laughs> it's really relaxing once we're in the room we're a lot of fun up front like with the lobby and the clients like getting them really accepted there once they're in the rooms it's complete serenity and relaxation and we don't talk or do anything like i'm not in the rooms with them so they don't have to worry about it sounds like a blast you should, if you ever come to virginia we will let you come to the day spa for free how I'm about gonna, that i'm gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> all right have a fantastic day thank or you night, Harry. night it's evening there yeah it is evening here yes i'm gonna go put tiny humans to bed so thanks again to Ramona for joining me on the show. It's always nice to have a conversation with someone who is so excited to come on, and it really is a humbling experience when they're a fan of the show, and they get to come on the show, and they bring their A-game, and Ramona certainly did. And I am eternally grateful to you, my friend, for that, and I can't wait to hang out again at an upcoming conference. We are a proud member of Podcastica.com. Head on over to that website for those podcasts that will entertain you and uh, hopefully you'll find something there that you like intro and outro music composed by cedar and soil if you check the recent posts on in the podcast junkies junkies facebook group of which you should already be a member and uh instagram and twitter you saw that i was giving some love to cedar and soil he recently released a new ep called exit here on spotify so 
he doesn't get a lot of uh, love outside of the the one the one mention that I make. So this is your opportunity to go really check out his new music. It's on Spotify. It's Cedar and Soil. Check out the recent tweet, um, and the album is called Exit Here. Thanks again, George, and an amazing job. He's just a, a really talented musician. Don't forget to support our episode sponsors, Shore. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash Shore and Podbean at podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. Okay, you made it this far. The retention hashtag is going to be gal pal Ramona. I think in the spirit of how she's just an amazing friend um, and just uh, all around great gal. I want to support her and show some love uh, with that hashtag and tag myself podcast underscore junkies and uh, sports gal pal on Twitter. Let us know you made it this far. We love to read those. Tune in next week and hear my conversation with Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awakening Your Alpha. And last call to action, if you will. <laughs> uh, that's what it's called. This um, me having you take action is called a call to action. I don't know if uh, people knew that or it's that that's just something we assume because we're in digital marketing, but. Um, it's funny that people who are just podcasters might think that that's a weird thing to say. So I'm officially rambling. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools, the number eight tools, one word. And I recently updated the PDF that I give away. You may have seen it on the site. It's been three years and I realized it needed some refreshing. I took out some tools. I added some new ones. It's my free PDF, how to skyrocket, eight tools to skyrocket your podcast launch and production. Um, again, brand new. I recently just finished up uh, modifying it and it's, and it's got some really nice, uh, productivity tools that I use on a day-to-day basis with podcast junkies and with my company fullcast. I'd love for you to have a copy if you don't already. So head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools, the number eight. Uh, that's it. See you guys next week. Have an amazing weekend. And if you did something cool, let me know about it.